Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is a crowd podcast. This is part two of our Q&A episode. If you want to hear about my dream fight, what that would be, my biggest temptations during training camp, the best promoters I've worked alongside and a whole heap of other questions from listeners, then please go back and listen to part one. If you already have, here's part two. If you had to pick a fighter to fight for your life, who would it be? You feel quite alive at this point. What weight did you train at? This is it. Like, this is the best you're ever going to feel. Best spars you've witnessed. Trudinov would have given some of them a run for their money. What time did you get there? What did you do initially? Let's get on with it. I'm George. He's Deck. Hello. It's the George Groves Boxing Club. All right, we've got an email from Mark Younger. Are you allowed to take rehydration powder after weighing in? Is he winding me up? Uh, Is this a thing? No, rehydration powder? powder yeah. Powder dries you out, doesn't it? Well, it depends what sort of powder. It's like if you get a... I could get all people who take paracetamol for a headache, when it turns out they're dehydrated. Yeah, I don't know. There are rules. You're not allowed uh, IV. Yeah, intravenous. intravenous. Maybe in other sports, maybe football, you're not allowed to have an intravenous drip. But nine times out of 10, a fire would have wanted to use it for rehydration, which is only safety. Yeah. It's a good point. Um, I think as well, there's a there's a theory or I think some, part of the reason is that it can be, if you're intravenous, it can help to mask or to flush more quickly. You know, like we've been through it time and time again lately, mm. you know, where some tests don't show, some tests do. So do we just need more thorough testing? Because I, I generally think that the rehydration clauses and check ways and banning of intravenous uh, fluid is not good for the sport because you got them fighters manipulating the scales through hydration. But at the expense of their safety. But at the expense of their safety. Yeah. All right, Mark Younger, if you've got any rehydration powder, send it in. Yeah. <laughs> Chrissy. Chrissy's back. Chrissy three. Oh, which opponent surprised you the most in terms of skill slash toughness? Tunov was tougher than I'd sort of hoped. I thought you'd look at him and be like, okay, this bloke's tough. Yeah, I thought he was tough, but I thought, I mean, when literally when I was in there, in the fight, whacking him, thinking, oh, I hope this is having some effect. <laughs> Glenn Johnson was granite. Like he was... But was that a surprise though? I thought I'd get rid of him. Like 
I backed myself to get rid of him and then there was a couple times where I caught him and he sort of let out that that deep breath and I thought, oh, I've got you here. But he just, he was old man in me, mm. you know, a couple of journeymen at the start, Kirill Poshonko, he took his licks and six in the debut. Yeah, six rounder of just wading in on him. Was there only when you came up against not expect them to be very skillful and you're like, fucking hell, this person's handy. Battle Jack was very skillful, but we we sort of knew mm. it. But, um, and I had a terrible start. I mean, I get off the floor in the first round and then couldn't really get into the fight there. Degal was skillful. That one really caught me off guard, I don't think. Not in terms of skill, because you, you studied them and then sort of pre-prepared. Lovely. We'll hear from Chrissy again in a minute. But we're back to underscore Instaman. 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 Actually, it is Instaman. Our old mate Instaman. Will you be doing an autobiography at some point? Is this really Instaman? Yeah. Is this you asking? <laughs> <laughs> it is Instaman. What's the right one? Yeah, well, uh, yeah actually, it's got to be time, isn't it? Well, let's well, see. Well, there's nothing else, uh, there's nothing else worth adding. No, but yeah, true. no, we got it. Uh, just, just transcribe this. It's, gonna, it's, it's actually a lot of work, even it's if I don't craft. actually write it. The thing is, you wouldn't have to write any of it. And I think my idea will be not just an autobiography. I knew you were going to say this. It's a self-help book. But I, d- I don't want it to compete with biographies and autobiographies. Jamal and at the same time, I don't want it to compete with pure motivational sort of time stuff. It's just first-hand experiences that sort of built unwavering self-belief and resilience deck. Chrissy's back, speaking of Glenn Johnson. How tough was Glenn Johnson? And would you have ever become a gatekeeper? No. Very tough, we've established that. Yeah, he, he's very, very tough. Yeah. Glenn Johnson, ridiculously yeah, strong and, that, and, and that never came, like, well, we know that you bowed out after the, the Smith fight, but a lot of boxers have carried on because they know they can make money and that way become the opponent and a name on a record, but that was never you. Not really, no. I mean, I lost four times, but I thought I was going to win every single fight, you know? I never had that fight where, right, you're going to America, he's really good, you know, um, or they're really backing him, but it's really good money. You know, I never had that. I always, you know, every one of my fights and I retired in a world title fight where I was a champion, you know, not challenging or, you know, not a, f- a faded name or anything like that. So, no, and I, it, it didn't really appeal to me. I wanted to get out. And I think that if you linger as a great gatekeeper, that's when maybe you can do some damage. Mm. Good question, Chrissy. Jack Ashford, Jack underscore Ashford on Instagram. Favorite heavyweight fight over the last five years? The last Fury Wilder fight was pretty good. Yeah, that was both got off the deck. It? Wilder was much better, but he didn't vary his power at all. He just goes, he, and he said, right, I'm going to hurt him downstairs. It was just all or nothing, all or nothing, all or nothing. So that was a bit a bit of a shame. I mean, it was. Just, I was there for Joshua Ruiz one, which was a bit of a shocker. And it was a great <sighs> fight, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think about it, like Ridiculous Ruiz fight. off the floor and yeah. then drops Joshua. And that's probably the most entertaining yeah, fight same. I've been at. Unbelievable, that fight. Air Chief. Couple of weight-related questions from the Air Chief. Typically, where were you with weight from start slash finish in a camp? How much did you normally weigh 24 to 48 hours before weigh-in? And then how much did you weigh on fight night? How much easier was weight early fights versus last fights, later fights? So let's take that. What weight did you train at? Optimal training weight, if, if that's the question, optimal training weight would be about 81 kilo, which is, yeah, 12 stone, 12, 12 stone, 11, and uh, 13. fighting weight in kilos, 75. 76.2. Two, yeah. Four kilos over. Yeah, just under five kilos. So about getting on for a stone. Briefly outline why that is a good idea to be over for camp. You're coming to camp at whatever you're coming to camp at. So if you're coming off the back of a fight, you've had two weeks off and you're back in the gym, you don't really give your body that much time to go soft. So it's not always about the weight you put on. It's about how soft and out of condition your mm. body gets. So if you had an injury and you, you tuned off, I broke my jaw, 
plus had the weight of the world lifted off my shoulders, plus I'm going into a multi-million pound first defense where I'm getting to pick the opponent. Like my body's just decided to go on holiday, you know? So when I went in, when I got in the gym for that one after, because you couldn't run with a broken jaw either. So like- Perfect. You literally couldn't do anything because the jaw's like vibrating about. It was uncomfortable, you know? Dislocated shoulder, in theory, I suppose I could have sat on the bike and rode, but wouldn't have done much damage. But so you come in the gym, whatever weight, and then you got to chop away at it and you want to get down, really you want to get down to your optimal fighting weight as soon as possible and really? then maintain it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the idea. Just get it off and then hold. I remember watching um, a 24-7 doc with, it must have been Oscar De La Hoya versus Mayweather yeah. when he did the catch weight. And yeah. then he showed this thing where he got down to his weight really quickly. And you don't even know what to believe on these shows, but it felt like he made a big point of getting his weight down really quickly and then trying to stay light the whole camp and box. And he just... He spoke about it after, but he was a bit of a shell of a fighter. There wasn't a lot there. There was no power. There was no speed, no urgency, nothing. And I think that's just because his body was too light for too long. So you're better off finding your optimal weight and then manipulating it right at the end to make the championship weight or whatever weight you're fighting at. My probably optimal fighting weight is heavier than Joshua Buatzi, but Joshua Buatzi his body's not conditioned to cut weight. So he fights a lot heavyweight. I can fight a super middleweight. Mm. So whatever I cut from, and I used to leave my cut until the last minute. So most fighters start their cut Monday, say, and they got away in Friday. So they're trying to chip away at it. But then they're always stressed out and conscious of what they're eating and drinking. And you got to do a lot of performances fight week. So I used to forget about that, stick to my meals, do a little bit of light training in the evening. And then Thursday night, take whatever weight off via dehydrating, weigh in, rehydrate and you just had to make sure that that was a reasonable number. Mm. So how much did you normally weigh then 24 slash 48 hours before weigh-in? Thursday night, I'd start the weight cut. And then for Chris Eubank Jr., I weight cut from 80.5 kilos. I'm fully hydrated and yeah. I've eaten that entire Thursday, right? So it's not like I'm trying to cut with and I haven't eaten or drunk in two days. So that first three kilos comes off like that. I put on another half a kilo before bed, wake, sleep off at least half a kilo. So then I'm maybe only got two, maybe even less sometimes to play with in the morning. That would come off, weigh in. That goes on almost instantly. By that evening, I might be two pound heavier than what I cut out at because by the morning, I'll be back on that weight. Mm. So 12, 7, 10. For the two front fights with the IBF, you would have to do a, the check weight. So the next day, the 12, 7, 10. Yeah, okay. Uh, and I weighed in at so do you have to just cut, under Do you have to do any 10. cut for that? Any skipping N or anything? No, I didn't have to, but I was very paranoid about it because okay. they don't let you fail the weight and then take it off again. So you could weigh in one ounce over 12, 7, 10 and, done. and there's no IBF title on the line. Okay. That's not like a big, you do no. it in, in a bedroom, you know, at the hotel. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They've hired like a little suite room and I'm just about to walk in and he's like you've made the weight yeah so yeah because the belt's not going to be on the line otherwise so I was like really he's like yeah I was like fucking hell wait can I double check yeah. <laughs> so I went there, double checked again and came back I was like two pound under oh good, oh, good. Um, but you never know do you so how much optimally were you weighing on fight night so by the time you've rehydrated you've eaten done everything it's fight night you're in the ring what were you weighing the same as what I cut from okay so 81-ish ideally that's the weight I'm going to be for my last spa when I'm absolutely flying 
so you're heavier the, than light heavy. You'll cruise away at that point. Cruise away at that point. Just, yeah. uh, okay, la the last one in that little question was, was that process easier early in the career? Was it basically the same all the way through? Did it become more difficult in the later fights as you got older? Yeah, as I got older and got, got heavier, harder. it got harder. Did it, yeah. yeah. Okay, Air Chief, next one, another weight one. Would John Conte have been a super middleweight? Would Hagler have been a light middle nowadays because they could weigh in the day before? It's a good point because obviously back then they were weighing in on the day so the cut couldn't be as extreme. Usually those guys that look quite dense like Hagler, he can't take a lot of fluid off because he's probably just, he is what he is like there. I don't mm. know how hard they made themselves suffer yeah. to make them weight. It's a different process, isn't it, when you're on so, the plane? Okay, thanks to them, Air Chief. Keep rolling the skies, mate. Um, next one, Tony.Purdom.7. He said, who are your favourite people you trained with at Dale Youth ABC? You're one of them, Tony. Tony Perdiem. I thought he might be. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Good old Tony. So Tony... Uh, I think Perdiem might have read this question. It said, who are your favourite people you trained with at Dale Youth ABC? And why is it Tony Perdiem? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony It always great. seems like a club, looking in from the outside anyway, it looks like a club that is a real... I know you hear a lot about amateur clubs, but there are probably shades of this where it's a real, like, family and the that is tight in there once you're once you're in and you're boxing and yeah it was when we when we were younger because we, we started as juniors so when i think when you're kids and you go on trips together you know and it's it's different from school so you you know and you you're treated with a lot more responsibility and maturity so and you have high massive highs and lows you know in terms of wins and losses and um and then you might be in the gym sparring and taking lumps out of each other and then you're out running around the hills together so you're in it you know you're in it and then you're supporting each other when you're on a show together or even if you're just going to another club for sparring you know like, oh, yeah, it's on <laughs> yeah. okay the Matt Whelan as styles make fights famously which of the fighters you beat in your career do you think might have beaten the fighters you lost to the Yao tried to beat Badu Jack and didn't. Yeah, got to come draw. out of a draw. Yeah. Uh, who else fight. is that? So the Gale would he have been, well, obviously drew with Badu Jack. How did he get on against Callum Smith or Carl Frotch? I guess it depends well, on the, on the stage, version. If he boxed Smith when I boxed Smith, Smith would have beat him. Yeah. I think I think the, he caught up with with the Gale. Eubank Eubank beats the Gale. I'll beat Eubank. Eubank beats the Gale. But that's the other way around. Chudinov would have given some of them a run for their money. I think Chudinov against the Callum Smith. And if Callum Smith doesn't blast him out in the first couple of rounds, that might be a tough night's work for him. So, time and place and where and when. Fucking great question, Matt Whelan. TME Gary, best spars you've witnessed? As a pro, I never trained in a big stable no. pretty much ever. I've probably seen David Hay, Deontay Wilder, but I know I've seen it on video as well. <laughs> so, it's making me think, am I just doing that thing? You know, yeah, you think yeah, you've yeah. dreamt something, you know, or you think something actually happened, but you just, you got a picture to remind you of Blagged it. Blagged it. Shane's gym, I've probably seen... Josh Taylor spar someone really good. Probably seen like have I seen any good Frampton spars? I don't know. I mean the fact is you can't recall any, then I think that tells us the answer to this question, TME Gary. West Mids boxing. Now that's a proper handle. Were you ever close or tempted to move up to light heavyweight after you beat Chudinov to maybe face the likes of Kovalev Ward Stevenson? Obviously big money fights up at light heavy, but I had big money fights mm. after the Chudinov fight. So that was it. That was that was all that was it. I didn't ever really need to move up or down. And I quite liked that I didn't fly through the weight divisions. I kept one weight division and tried to make it my own. In a perfect world, I would have loved to have beat Frosch the first time and boxed, you know, Ward and Tigale and you know, then thought about and boxed Kovalev at a time when it was suitable. There was a time when Adonis Stevenson was a super middleweight we were eyeing him up I think uh, yeah, I still have Adam Booth I think Adam said nah don't have any of that geezer dangerous 
Yeah, he's mm. dangerous. Um, and also at that point, not like a superstar where you're gonna. It's gonna like it's gonna be this mad win. It's yeah, no. And then uh, he ends up because he was in the IBF rankings or it was one of the rankings, and then he went up to like heavyweight. And then um, yeah, he just started destroying people. I was mm. like, oh wow. Okay, next one from Dowie. Da I always get this wrong. I think it's Dowie Powell. I always say Dewey, but I know that's wrong. Dowie Powell, Welsh boxing aficionado, legend. Go and check him out. Anyway, talk us through your tattoos, George. Did you go through with getting them removed? Now I can see you got short sleeve top on. For the most part, they're gone. Yeah. You famously had tattoos on the left arm, lucky symbols, mm. and they're gone. Andy Lee, I remember when I turned pro, Andy Lee's got the, um, is it the Celtic cross or yeah. something on his front? And I was like, that's a cool tattoo. Yeah, yeah. It was the first time I'd seen a tattoo on the midriff, do you know what I mean? To the side and I thought, get me one of them. And I went for my take on Mars, the Roman god of war. Because uh, I was like, this is me, man. I've got to go to battle, I'll go to war. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Mars guy. I'm born in March, you know, I was like, I'm an Aries. Mm. I'm sort of there, 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 thereabouts. So uh, I was like, yeah, this guy speaks to me. He's part of me. I'm going to give this a go. And then as you grow up, you're like, I don't even talk about war too much. It's a bit sad, <laughs> isn't it? You know, so, yeah, for me, it's just boxing. You know, not about like bombing people or anything. But um, <laughs> painful process, the old removal. Ooh, yeah. Worse than getting them in the first place? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I know a guy a good guy he blasts them for me but henna tattoos future <laughs> thanks dowie andy larkin on instagram at paper larks if you had to pick a fighter to fight for your life who would it be i wouldn't mind joe frazier mm. like, uh, mean left hook like it depends what we're fighting for my life is really if i'm fighting for my life like on the doctor's table <laughs> i want someone with nimble fingers and intricate you know uh, yeah the surgeon but he ain't going to do much good in it. I mean I'm sure he could hold Usyk, his own in then, the you've already answered it. I think Usyk could do it all mad bastards he could well. iron, iron someone out for you but then he could also probably distract him with some juggling in cases like and then I don't know maybe perform open heart surgery at the same time oh, yeah Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Owen Schofield has emailed, what happens from the point one walks in the dressing room to the point one walks out again on the way to the ring? What time did you get there? What did you do initially? 
How far before the fight are hands wrapped? When does the warm-up start? What does all this entail? Some TVs would give the chief support the opening time, so they would know, and then the ring, the main event would have to go off the chief support, which is a ball eight. Yeah, but you know, like, but then near slash the latest. end, the pay per views, they still said like, yeah, right, you're ring walking at ten o'clock. Great, I know. I get to the change room two hours before, so I'm in the change room, slap my bag down, we all pile in. So what time's that? So this would be eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Plug my beat speakers in. Um, thanks Beats to sort me out them what are they called Studio Beats uh, they're called ta- uh, Pills I think Pills that's it yeah I just have the XL yeah. Pills they're great I mean, we could probably do have a few in this studio so yeah. <laughs> fucking sitting on a few might as well sling, sling them in yeah. anyway yeah plug them in you Pills. can still find them unbelievable sound quality on them and then I, I'll get changed but like a little bit changed down to socks t-shirt and boxers uh, I'm on the couch the physio couch we're doing some nerve stretches usually arms legs back you feel quite alive at this point so then boots go on dynamic stretching into hand wraps hand wraps take 30 minutes to hand wrap someone will come in from the opposite team and they'll watch and make sure that you don't nobble them with the hand wraps you have anyone good at that point coming in liam smith would have came in for callum, for callum. i don't even know if eubank sent anyone eubank had hardly a team so yeah hands are wrapped We've already done all the tests, the filling out of the form so the drug test has done as soon as you get in. I would usually then put my ball guard on, put some vas on, shadow, then gloves are on, shorts go on, pad work, really slow warm up with the punches, couple of sharp hard ones, couple of sharp hard ones, sitting down in between. We've had an espresso maybe an hour before. So did you eat anything between like arriving and leaving? I'd have bananas for me because that was something that I could eat that never felt like it was going to repeat itself, but hardly ever. Yeah, the dude comes in. Usually it'll be someone like Ralph, who's like the the TV guy, uh, who's keeping track of everything. Be like, you got 10 minutes, five minutes, three minutes, let's go. One minute, right, come on, George, you ready? Yeah, let's go. And then you come out of the changing room and then there's usually a really long walk to basically backstage, some sort of backstage behind a curtain. It's weird, just sort of like you're unveiled, just sort of like you go through the curtain here, doing three steps, up up three steps, and then you're on like a podium or a stage or a platform or something, and uh, you're waiting for your name to be announced. So that walks on your own then? Because we see that Sky do it now, you get in this fucking great bit of footage, they do it from the dressing room door to basically the start of the ring walk, and it's just silent, you're on your own at that point. So when I was doing it, we'd have Shane, everyone would be with yeah, you, yeah. everyone would ring walk with you until the... TV bit of the yeah. ring walk starts and then sometimes they'll be with you uh, and then they make their own way to the ring or sometimes like for the tournament they wanted to make it a bit of a show where you had this long ring walk and then you stand on a platform yeah. by the ring and whatever I quite like it when people ring walk with their corner man to be honest I like that look yeah. on TV because it's usually the trainer who's a bit pumped holding a water bottle there's the cut man he's got like the little bits behind his ears and he's got the, the wristband with the cotton yeah. wall pads up there and he's got adrenaline hanging out in the top pocket and <laughs> and then uh, there's the last the last corner man who might be walking down there with a little chair or a stool or something <laughs> something for it you know start whatever's needed so I, I quite I quite like that but yeah that's, that's you, pretty much what goes you, on just you talking through that like the Ralph telling you five ten or whatever I feel nervous just thinking about it normal people that would absolutely shit themselves at that point were you just insensitive to it was that that feeling yeah, of nerve not, like dulled at that where you were just desperate to go yeah, there's have no, a fight it's, it's excitement but like a continual checklist in your brain because that's just who I am on that guy like it's almost like a short term like your Nemo you're like 
oh, yeah, I have done that. I have done that. I have done that. Um, so not an anxiety thing, but just like, this is it. Like, this is the best you're ever going to feel. Performing for the people in the arena, because you're the man in the arena, is like the ultimate high. But also, the people who matter to you most are usually the people who are in the change room with you right there and then. Yeah, yeah. So you're performing for them, really. Because as soon as the fight's over, you go straight back into the change room and they're the same people there. They're the ones who you're actually going to hear. How did it go? What do you think? You know, you see them smiling ear to ear when the fight's gone great, you know, and then you see them like with vacant looks on their faces when they don't know what to say to you and it hasn't gone right. You're excited to punch someone in the face as, as cruel as that is. You're excited to have a fight, but you're excited to perform as well. So you want to come out and you want to just get it, get it all. And sometimes the crowd's on your side or they're not, but it doesn't matter at that point. The ring walk doesn't matter. For me, I'd just be like, all right, just look hard. <laughs> just, just fucking look the bollocks. Just be up for it. Just give it. It's, it's for me, and so I can watch it back on TV and go, nailed it. Like in the ring, you know, I used to get over the third rope. Maybe a superstition. I don't know. But like the train would open the third rope. But if it wasn't a train and it was just someone there and they opened the second rope, I'm like, Nah, we'll get over the third rope and in. Usually go in, walk around, one arm in the air, do a lap, and then go to whoever was sitting ringside, which my wife, whatever side my wife was in ringside, and I'd sort of give her a little bow. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know when that started. That became a thing. Uh, and it was more than, it wasn't really a, a bow or such. It was just a nod to say, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. Here's a question. I remember speaking to a former world champion from Britain, high profile, and he said when he was at that point, he's Gloved up, shorts on, everything needs to piss. He just pissed himself. You ever piss yourself in there? No, 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 no. I never needed to, try but I've done it on weight making. And I'm not saying like, I'm talking about like a little yeah, yeah. spittle of piss. Yeah, right? said, so, this guy said that he was, yeah, it's not like he needs a fucking full on piss because he's like, no, it's just a little nervous piss. He's like, I'll just do it in there. What's the problem? No, I, know, I don't like being uncomfortable. So <laughs> I wanted to be really comfortable um, for the fight. So I couldn't be bouncing around with like wet boxes rubbing up against my nutsack. Oh, yeah, but yeah. Where if I'm if I'm sitting in, in the sauna with four layers of fucking clothes on and I've got to like, you're trying to get rid of pick moisture them in anyway. And out, in and out and out to get like a shriveled up little uh, <laughs> manhood out that's like dehydrated and fucking it would take me longer to find it I might just piss myself yeah, why not right this one from James Cherkoff via email now this is a big one why are there so many belts now it's a big one particularly for maybe new boxing fans or people that don't quite understand what the crack is why are there so many belts now we'll quickly go through who they who they are There's we're in what we call as much as you might hate the phrase, the four belt era. So you've got the WBC, WBA, WBO, and the IBF. They're the four you need to worry about. Now, I can't remember any point in my life like Googling this. I just sort of, you just kind of know it. They're the four. You might also see the IBO, which is like dark green and silver, which a lot of the top guys have boxed. I think Joshua's or Usyk's champion of the IBO now, but it's lightly regarded. The WBA is like the oldest, the first one, which you won your world title with the WBA. The WBC came a year after that. Then the IBF came in the early 80s, I believe, and then the WBO came last. And the WBO actually struggled for real recognition for a while, but since you know, through the 90s and whatever, through over the last 30 years or whatever, they become on a par with those other three. So we talk about the four belts. And if you want to start somewhere, just start with the four. There's the IBO, there's the WBFW, all these ones, but it's the four belt era. Now, George, what are the benefits do you feel as a former professional and former world champion with one of them to having more than one? Because a lot of people, non-boxing fans will go, well, why is there not one overarching like 
main governing body that polices this. By the way, we should say sanctioning bodies. They sanction fights and they take a sanctioning fee. But why is there more than one? What's the benefit of having that? More big fights are made, yeah. can be made. It's always more interesting when there's a, if there's a world title on the line. There's a reason why fights don't get made. You know, Joshua Fury hasn't been made because they were trying to get all the belts for so long. And it will get to a point where maybe that ain't going to happen. So let's just get the fight. That's why for years and I was before I sort of knew about boxing in the UK that we had multiple world champions who didn't have one of them for major belts, but world title sold. You could put any belt and people don't really know the difference between WBC, like green and gold, iconic belt and like a WBU really. It's up to them as the governing body. That's why they push really hard to have the best fighters fighting for their belts. But it does allow you to have more fights, more more big fights, you know. Sure, it would be nice to have just one belt, just one champion. But then if you think about it, say there's only one belt and Wilder's got it and then Fury fights him and people think Fury should have won, but it finishes as a draw. So then they have to have that fight again. And then Fury wins it, but Wilder's entitled to a rematch clause and then they have another fight. Yeah. It's like, no if, you're, if you're Anthony Joshua right now, you might have to wait two and a half years before you get a chance to fight for a world title. So, and then he has a fight with Usyk in the meantime, there's no world title on the line and, and he gets beat and people are like, do we really care? Mm. Boxing definitely needs more than one world title. I like it that there's more than one world title. It's a bit confusing when, say, the WBA have two world titles. Mm. Like right now, Daniel Dubois is the WBA heavyweight world champion. Mm. But we all know that Usyk is the champion but of the Usyk, WBA. But, but He's Usyk's the super the, champion. Usyk's the super champion. So that's champion. where there becomes problems because then they, they are, might even have an interim champion. So they mm. could have three guys who could claim to be the world champion, which is ridiculous, in one sanctioning body. Yeah. So then it gets out of hand and you understand why someone like James Chokoff is like, what the, what the hell is all this? I think WBA, IBF, WBC, WBO, rank them however you want. But if you own that belt, then you are a legitimate world champion. Whoever has the main version of that belt is the real world champion. Yeah. And that's kind of the rule book to, to play by. You've got to become a bit of a boxing fan to just be aware of that. Usually, an IBO world champion will also have another world title mm. alongside it yeah. if you consider them to be a real world champion. Uh, so, you know, if, if it's Golovkin, he's usually got a WBA or something else alongside it. So, I'm fine with there being multiple world champions. And then it makes it exciting you know hopefully we can get unification fights which is just another layer of excitement and then there's undisputed where hopefully undisputed actually means all four mm. of the major world titles one more before we close off because it's a good one and keep it brief at dreams are for real 999 a surprise fight that was close to being made that never materialized when Ward was in his problems, I think it was Dan Guzman, yeah. before he died, um, was in touch about, do I, want a, do I want that fight? And I remember talking about it, like, yeah, this could be good. Like, see, obviously I'd lost to Frotch, but if I beat Ward, then that eradicates that and I'm yeah. back on the scene. It's a big gamble. <laughs> Not the best fight to go into off the back of a loss, but that was one fight that sort of never really got anywhere. He, I mean, Ward might not even be aware of that. I, think, I don't know if he was having problems with Guzman or if he's yeah. having problems with someone else. So at the time they were trying to him saying good. Anyone else? Any sneaky names that nearly nearly happened and didn't? Jeff Lacey we was looking at. Kelly Pavlik I was up for. 
Um, and then he went on a bit of a downwards run and it weren't going to happen. No, how about you, Dick? Anyone, you, I'm you, trying to any think fights of... that you've seen that you wouldn't mind of Little... happening? Hay versus Manuel Char. <laughs> I remember he turned up at the press conference after Hay, Hay Beach Azor crashed the press conference. Yeah. Like, Who the fuck is this guy? Remember, were you there at that point? Are you gone yeah, from Hay yeah, 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 yeah. Remember he turned up at the press conference like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And he's still going, Manuel Char. I'm trying to think of ones that never materialized. I remember that presser when it was announced that you were boxing Glenn and Johnson, I was told by a source, a very good source that would usually was bang on. He was, oh yeah, you want to go down to that because he's going to be fighting Kelly Pavlik. And I got down there, it was Glenn Johnson, which no disrespect to Glenn Johnson, but he's not Kelly Pavlik. <laughs> he's not Kelly Pavlik. <laughs> but it was, oh, that's fine. I got, yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah. Okay, at Dreams, R for Real 999. Let's make our last one. We've got loads left here that we didn't get managed to get through. We'll do another one and keep sending your questions in. We'll put you under the spotlight, George. That was a long stint there. What, what can I say have a fucking great day yeah have a great day Deck. thanks for that thanks for reading out the questions get more questions in for us what are they, uh, when you think they of them they can get us to us on the socials mm -hmm. GG uh, Boxing Club Insta Twitter MySpace Friendster yeah Bebo uh, Bebo send a smoke signal yeah I think Ross accepts pigeons these days as well keep them coming yeah we want to hear yeah. uh, and these have been good questions actually they're fucking great ones if you don't send any more good Otto questions Club. in we'll just assume that that was all we was worth <laughs> There's nothing else interesting about us. To yeah. know. And send some questions in for deck. <laughs> See you, George. See you, mate. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 